0: each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business sports or entertainment world to share their success their struggles and their lessons they will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone isabella facilitates an intimate vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership are you ready for your legacy the legacy that matters what would you do if you have a hard time to concentrate or pay attention? Would you go get tested to find out maybe do you have an ADHD? Or do you think you're just simply going to be continuing living and do it the best you can? What would you do if you also lack the confidence or simply don't have right support to help you to overcome some personal challenges that you've seen that are coming with great difficulty to you, but with great ease to the others? Hey, my beautiful friends! It's Isabella lombakir the World Messenger, and I am eager to address these hot topics with today's guest that is joining me down under, way in Australia. And he is going to share some personal stories that really help him out to break the molds, not only in educational system but also his personal beliefs, his own molds that he's been exposed to, and some magic and amazing work that he is doing today. Uh, He is also a very well-known LinkedIn influencer who is also bringing so many people around the globe together. He is focusing on business growth and opportunities to really scale and build your business in ways that it's possible by leveraging one of the most amazing tools. And why is this amazing? You guys are going to learn in a second. In addition to that, he is creating some not only sustainable strategies and opportunities, but he has some secrets to tell. And we cannot wait to see what he can create just in 30 days for every single one of you that is watching and listening. Without further ado, let me introduce you Der- Derek Meldred. Hi, Derek. How are you?
1: Hello, Isabella. Thank you so much for that very warm introduction. I'm honored and uh, I'm well. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. It's such a pleasure to have you here on the Legacy Leader Show. I wanted to do this for a while, and I'm so glad the timing worked out perfectly, specifically we're wrapping 2023 as we're approaching Thanksgiving. We're thinking about gratitude and people that impact us and influence us. And what a great way and warm opportunity to have this conversation with you. So obviously, before we dive dive deep into conversation around the LinkedIn and things that you've been so effectively able to provide to so many, I want to also address specific topic where did you grow up and what types of things you've been exposed early on that really makes you such a strong voice on the LinkedIn around hot topics, not only just the leadership, but also confidence and self-esteem and overcoming challenges.
1: Okay. So, wow, we are going back to the beginning. <laughs> um, well, when I was at school... And I went to a private school here in Melbourne, supposedly one of Melbourne's top schools. Um, I found it very difficult to concentrate. And um, back then we had no idea why. And um, I was very easily distracted, I guess. And so I wasn't a straight A student by any means. As a matter of fact, um, the school knew that I wanted to leave the school before my parents knew that I was leaving. And I couldn't wait to get out into the workforce. So I left school and went out into the workforce and I worked in retail for about four years. And that's where my real journey in life began, was probably when I left school. And then since then, I've had a a very interesting time. Um, And then come forward to 2004 is when I first heard about and signed up for LinkedIn And um, this was way before the days of social media or or anything like that. And it was actually recommended to me. And I was actually one of the first 2 million people to sign up for the platform. And um, I think I'm and whatever the number might be. And uh, so what literally happened was I did very little with it for several years. And then in 2013, This is when my real journey on LinkedIn began. So 10 years ago, after a friend of mine walked into the office and she said that she had just heard LinkedIn described as the professional or business version of Facebook. And I thought, that sounds interesting. Maybe I should have another look at that. And at the time, Facebook was taking off. Everybody was talking about it. But when somebody says the professional or business version of Facebook, that had my interest. And so I managed to find my old original login details and logged into my account for the first time in a while to discover that I had a low 207 connections. And in 2013 is where my real journey began. I began to look around the platform to see if I could find people who appeared to know what they were doing, who were doing well on the platform. And I found two of them. And I just started following what they were doing and at the time i was building websites for clients all over australia and uh, what i started doing was writing articles i would write one or two articles per week and in those articles i was literally i didn't understand it fully at the time but i was adding value to my audience and i just thought that i would write articles and provide some insights into what a good website should include And so I wound up writing many articles and a very interesting lesson was experienced in the way that when I would get an inquiry, when the the leads would come in, I would naturally ask the person that I'm talking to, do you mind if I ask you where you heard about me from or how did you find me? And I would have people who would say, oh, I've been watching and reading your articles. And those were people who had liked and commented on the articles. And then I would have other people who had just sat in the background and still watched and read those articles and hadn't liked or commented at all. And that was a really interesting lesson. So because what it taught me was when you're putting up content, whether it's an article, a newsletter or a post or whatever it might be, you have a, a segment of your audience who will interact. And you have another segment of your audience who's just sitting in the background, just watching, learning, learning and getting to know you. And then when the time is right, they'll reach out and they'll contact you. And so that was that was valuable. And I, I learned that back then. And for years, I generated all of my clients via LinkedIn, people all over the country. Um, and what was interesting, I would just send them a printed out PowerPoint presentation in an envelope. And um, then I would have a cover note on the top of that envelope uh, that literally said, please do not open this envelope until our scheduled meeting. And then I have an intro letter that would go with it. And so I would put that in the post to them and I'd already had a scheduled time to go over that presentation with them. And I wouldn't call it a presentation, I call it an info pack. And um, so we had this scheduled time set up, we'd get on the phone and I was selling two, three, four, $5,000 websites over the phone, because this is back in the days before Zoom, um, via a PowerPoint presentation in the post with the lead generated from LinkedIn.
0: Wow. So not only you learn how to leverage and build your profile, your credibility on the LinkedIn, but you learn how to sell on the LinkedIn, which is one of the hardest things for so many people, how to convert, how to build the business around it.
1: Well, that's there's actually an unwritten rule of LinkedIn, and that is that you don't sell on LinkedIn. And the reason for that is because in most cases it's too early in the conversation. Okay. Yes. People have received uh, a sales pitch of some kind, or inside their inbox. More importantly, most people in the audience know exactly how they react to that. Okay, they know how you know how it makes you feel, and you know how you react to that, and. People are the same and it's because it's too early in the conversation. So what you literally do is you build on that professional relationship. You build on that conversation so that when the time is right, and in many cases, the timing can be different for each individual conversation. When the time is right, you then take that conversation to the next level, which is away from LinkedIn. OK, and it's during that conversation away from LinkedIn, you might go more in depth into the work that you do, the products or services or solutions that you provide, how you can help that particular person that you're talking to, the fees that you might charge, etc. And there's an old saying, and that is that the best salespeople in the world, they don't actually sell.
0: They mm. just talk
1: to people. So True. The- When you're having that conversation on a phone call, on a Zoom call, during a face-to-face meeting with a prospective client, you don't sell. You just talk to people. Just have a chat. Just keep it cool, calm, and casual. And people respect that. They admire that. And they can think to themselves, well, okay, this this is easy. Yes, let's go ahead with this. And that's the scenario that you're trying to create.
0: I love that. Calm, collected, uh, what did you say? Calm, call, I'm sorry.
1: Calm um, and collective.
0: Mm, awesome. I love those three Cs. And they're really great uh, for everybody that is watching and listening and new to LinkedIn. And you and I just witnessed some major milestones. So when you say you joined when it was just a million, over a million users, could you mm-hmm. tell them what is the today's number in 2023, decade later, how many official LinkedIn users are right now?
1: When I first signed up, it was back in 2004, and I was one of the first two million to sign up. My real journey started in 2013, as I mentioned earlier. Just a couple of weeks ago, Microsoft, who purchased LinkedIn, approximately five years ago, um, just a couple of weeks ago, Microsoft announced that LinkedIn had just crossed over 1 billion users.
0: That is insane. So look at the the trajectory, guys. Listen very, very carefully. How much that platform grew. And I remember people saying, "Oh, it's just the people seeking job, or it is just another way to, you know, just to interact or learn about company recruiters, or it's not just big deal or whatever." But then, for people that like yourself, myself, and so many others that not only create on daily basis content, but add and lean with the value and see opportunities and create, frankly, opportunities are absolutely big huge big huge fans so do you mind sharing what do you love about linkedin and how that prompts you to be the guru that you are that you help with the growth of the business and that you also helping to be uh, not only just a linkedin business coach and trainer and career creator but uh oh, i'm sorry course creator and helping people with careers and whatnot but also be able to scale and build and grow the businesses
1: well when I really started generating results on LinkedIn, uh, it was interesting because essentially there was no instruction book. Okay, You had to figure out things as you went. Um, and there were some times I made some errors um, and you, you, there were some times when I learned the hard way where I would wind up with restrictions on my account and I'd send in a support request and, and um, they'd say to me, you've sent out too many requests to connect. And, that, and that's easy to do because... You might have a couple of thousand connections, but you see people with 20,000 connections. And so you think to yourself, well, I'd like some of that too. How do I do that? And so you start trying to connect with many, many as many people as you can. And um, so th- basically what I learned um, going through this process is there's obviously the right and wrong ways of doing things. And I had restrictions placed on my account, and then they were removed once I understood what I was doing incorrectly. And so that was all a learning curve. And then I had a very interesting conversation with somebody and we were talking about content and he said to me, add value with your content. Mm -hmm. And what he was finding with his content was to add value. And so I took that a step further to add value and educate without selling. Okay. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's the content key, add value and educate without selling. And by doing that, um, with content, the other thing which is really important is LinkedIn is a tool that you use to get a conversation started, okay? It also happens to have your profile on it and it also happens to have an inbox on it and it also happens to have the, a facility where you can brand yourself with your company branding with a company page, etc. cetera, okay? But it's basically a tool that you use to get the conversation started, okay? And your content can be a valuable part of that. And so when people like and comment on your post, replying to that comment is your opportunity to start a conversation with them and to start to build on a professional relationship with them. Mm. Okay? And so that's that's the valuable part about uh, content. when you add value and educate without selling, you're literally helping people to understand the platform. You're building on those professional relationships with people. You're building on your reputation.
0: Wow, that is so powerful. And what I love about what you just said is everything with value obviously it's natural way to sell without trying to sell, right? People will seek you out, it will be easy to have this conversation. And also just so many other avenues, how you stand up and you stand up in so many amazing ways. You stand up also by helping others to stand up. You're a big, huge advocate of supporting, and helping out. And every year you do something amazing, which everybody that is listening and watching that didn't have the exposure and chance to see Uh, You know what I'm talking about. You highlight the top influencers spend hours and days of creating and scaling and looking who are these top influencers based on the followers and visibility and who are rising stars. And then you create these amazing certificates and accolades and truly expanding and creating this amazing ripple effect on global scale. So first of all, I wanted to thank you for doing that. And I also want to ask you, when did you start exactly? And what prompts you to do something so so beautiful, so original and very unique because nobody else is doing anything like that?
1: Okay, so what you're referring to is my influences and top voices of LinkedIn list, uh, which now has 250 people on it. And that list starts at 100,000 followers. And then there's also the rising stars and upcoming influences to watch. And that is for people with less than a hundred thousand followers. And I started both of these lists uh, approximately three and a half years ago. And they have grown and they've matured each year when I publish them, I, I I want to try and make them better. And initially I was actually publishing them twice a year because they were really well re- received and They've now got to such a level, there's so much work that goes into compiling both of the lists that I I literally can only do it once per year now. Um, But this year was the first year that we issued everybody with certificates. And there's different levels of the certificates as well. So, for example, with the influencers and top voices of LinkedIn, Um, when they've got half a million followers and up, then they have platinum level, double platinum, triple platinum, et cetera. And the other thing that I did, um, a couple of years ago is I did, I set up what was called the LinkedIn global influencer summit, where I interviewed 24 influencers about the work that they were doing on LinkedIn and, um, It was an amazing interview process. It was an amazing connection to be able to talk to these people, to get to know these people and and what they're actually doing. And so between both of those and and especially the lists, the list allows people to build a relationship with these people, to to find them, to follow their content, to interact with their content, to let those influencers get to know them. And um, there's business opportunities in there as well. Um, I know several people who use my lists as networking lists. Um, I have a particular friend who, very importantly, he goes through the lists and anybody who's new, he instantly reaches out to them and said, I just noticed you on, on Derek's list. I'd love to connect with you and chat with you further. So he uses it as a networking opportunity. I've had people come back to me and, and talk about the amazing business opportunities they've got through connecting with people on the lists. So they're, they're literally just um, some some recognition, some appreciation of the work that some of the best people on the platform are actually doing.
0: I just have to say it's so thoughtful. It's so beautiful. I was lucky to be a recipient of... Um, certificate and and award and accolades this year. And I was touched. No, not expected. Uh, I heard from others. It's like, oh, my God, Derek, it's everybody wants to be on Derek list. It's so amazing. And from some reason, I thought you've been doing this much longer because it just shows how in very short three years you built so much anticipation and traction and how much people are looking for, which also shows that we don't have to spend decades and decades of to get something uh, that we're looking and desire or hoping to achieve and accomplish and shows again how how servant leadership shines and i want to again from legacy standpoint point you're already building you're already leaving a phenomenal legacy because you're living it and leading with it which is fantastic again to highlight because we see so many different uh, avenues how people interact with others and this is definitely one of by far that makes so many you know, people happy and also happily surprised And at the same time, as you pointed out, opportunity to build with others, like-minded individuals. Kudos.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very nice to hear.
0: Absolutely. So, Derek, obviously, you're doing also a lot of amazing um, other work that is tying uh, to not only LinkedIn itself, but just to business growth, everybody wants to grow and do things better. And if you can highlight some of the key components, how we can do during this current time, when we feel like nothing is working or everything is so much so quickly changing or when we feel discouraged because of events or economy or loss of jobs or whatever might be the case, what could you provide as a words of wisdom and words of comfort during this time?
1: Um, Well, first of all, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, um, LinkedIn is a tool that you can use to get the conversation started. There's another way that I describe LinkedIn, which only those who know me um, would know that it's a way that I describe LinkedIn. And that is, it is also the world's largest database Mm of businesses, their owners, and their employees. And when you think about it, it's exactly what it is. And it's just crossed over 1 billion users. So that's a pretty massive database. So the question becomes, When people want to know more about you, you might be going for a job interview or you might have a business that you're running and they want—they might see, visit your website, let's say. And they want to know more about you. They want to know more about the person behind that business of that website. So LinkedIn is one place that they're going to go to look. And your profile is where they're going to be looking. So the question becomes, what are they going to see when they first open up your LinkedIn profile?
0: Mm. what impressions you're making how you've been perceived are you professional i you consider as a seasoned professional who knows what they're talking about right what your voice sounds like how you write and read about certain things what would make sense all of those things that quickly give us sense of someone right
1: exactly exactly and ultimately, when they first open up your LinkedIn profile, what are they going to see that's going to entice them, that's going to encourage them to want to read further, to want to know more about you? And when they first open up your profile, there are four things that immediately stand out. The first one is your banner image. The second one is your face pic. The third one is your headline. And the fourth one is your featured section. Mm. So Those are four areas that you have to immediately make an impact on people when they first open up your LinkedIn profile.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. So obviously it's been a lot talked about what professional photo looks like, what banner should be and tagline. And it seems like people are constantly changing, I just changed recently a few things on mine. It's also always great opportunity to tweak it, but I'm curious, very little it's being talked about feature section. So could you tell us what do you see as must have on the feature section?
1: Okay, so with your featured section, if you scroll down anybody's profile that has their featured section added to their profile, you can see just how much it stands out, okay? Um, And it's it's, what's more, it stands out when they initially begin to scroll down through your profile, okay? So that's an opportunity to make an impact upon the viewer, the reader of your profile. And so you can have your a link to your best performing content. I mean, that's a popular one. You might have links to your Calendly link or your website or social proof such as video testimonials, case studies, papers, anything in there that adds value and adds interest or generates interest with your audience. Okay. Mm. The other thing with the the calendar with the featured section is you can add a lot of information in there and people can scroll through that. So if you've got a lot of different things in there, then one of the things I do on my profile is the very first um, image is actually an index. It actually tells people what's in the rest of the featured section.
0: Hmm. I love that because I was looking at yours earlier and yours obviously very strategic, very well-focused on LinkedIn and, and things that you do. And it's just congruent with your banner. It's congruent with what you already have under um, your tagline. So it's no question, what do you do? It's very clear. And everything just kind of flows beautifully. So everybody, again, watching and listening, go to Derek's profile on LinkedIn and see what Masterpiece looks like. Because then uh, when it's congruency there... And not only with a great photo and a great photo again in the banner, but also with the great um, statements as well as the um, future section. I feel like in three seconds, I'm dealing with a pro. I know exactly what he's about. I know what exactly I can expect for him to deliver. And I know, do I need the service or not, right? Like immediately I'm quickly can say, is this something for me? And I could quickly evaluate also, is this something that draws me in that I would like to also engage this person? And my answer would be yes, because you make it super friendly, easy to digest. You have a great photo that also, as a behavioralist, I look at it as like, is his personality You know, um, appealing? Is, a, he, is he approachable or he's arrogant or is he self-centered? And all of those things that we also value as a users from the other side, which is also a fantastic way to quickly validate: is this someone I wanted to learn from or I can work with?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing, too, which is um, vital, especially for people in business, especially for people who are using LinkedIn to build, grow and scale their business, is their social proof. Okay, and the way that I describe that, what I'm literally referring to, you can have social proof inside your featured section. It can also be the recommendations in the lower section or area of your LinkedIn profile. So don't ignore your social proof. And the key to getting more and more social proof is you literally have to get comfortable asking for it, okay? People that you've worked with, people that you've worked for, uh, people that you might have done business with, just literally get into the habit, the comfortable habit of asking them for a recommendation. And it all comes down to the delivery, but it's vital. And here's why. Most people have purchased or made an online purchase. They've gone onto eBay or they've gone onto an e-commerce website. Uh, eBay I use is a good example. If you've purchased something on eBay, you might go onto eBay and you'll, you'll type in a description of whatever it is that you're looking for. It'll bring up a list of different versions of that product, different prices, people that you've never met, people that you've never done business with before. And then you'll narrow it down to maybe two or three people who you're considering purchasing your item, let's say, from. And it could be a price-based decision, but an important part of that decision is the social proof. And in the top right-hand corner of eBay is the social proof where it talks about the number of transactions that they've done, their star rating or satisfaction rating, and the number of recommendations or reviews that they have. And if you have somebody up there who has not done many transactions, does not have much of a star rating and does not have much in the way of reviews or recommendations versus somebody else who's got 50 of each or a hundred of each, who are you going to purchase that item from? Mm. And it's exactly the same when somebody visits your LinkedIn profile. Okay. They'll look down, they'll go down to the number of recommendations. They want to see recent recommendations. And a I lo- reasonable number
0: of them as well. I love that, but this is also a pull-up question if you don't mind. It's a great for everybody again watching and listening to hear that. I'm seeing a lot of times people go and share too frequently. It's like oh, it's all about me, my business. This is what I'm doing, what I'm doing, and and I know there needs to be repetition, but also it's like how do you balance? Uh, somebody was asking me recently, like some people really shamelessly self-promote all the time. And it's all about what other clients said, and and for us, some of us deal with very delicate clients, clients that are Fortune 500, clients that don't want to anything to come out, that want to be confidential, confidential, want to keep privacy, and then you you just simply cannot share uh, certain things like I'm seeing other people are using. So I'm curious, um, how do you advise how to go about that? How much it is too much of self promotion? Also, how is it good to do when you? have to keep confidentiality and trust and you cannot disclose and you don't want to just use somebody's phrases with no name or brand or company attached because um, most people I've found specifically in my circle that we're dealing with high level executives that they want to stay private because mm-hmm. privacy is the gold that's why you have them as a client in first place and their circumstances or culture or situation because Obviously, for a lot of them, I was like, "Oh my God, why do they need this type of help? Can they figure out this internally, right? So it's just a lot of also perception from outer world. And I would love to hear your take specifically when we're speaking for such a delicate, high level uh, audience, please.
1: Okay. Um, and there are circumstances. there are situations where clients demand confidentiality and and, and that's okay. Okay, and it can also depend on the type of service being provided. Sure, um, for, for example, you wouldn't um, go public with talking about how a lawyer just got your charges reduced or something like that. Um, but what you might do is put together a non-descript or a non-specific uh, case study
0: okay, mm.
1: that. that maintains that confidentiality, but can still highlight the problem, the process that was involved, the result that was accomplished, and the overall effect at the end of that. So you could highlight that in a case study, and you could put that case study inside your featured section. Importantly, though, you want to make sure that you have your client's permission to do that. And part of gaining that permission is you might turn around to them and say, look, I'd really like to put together a case study about us working together, but to maintain your confidentiality, I'm happy to put that to you, to let you have a read over that, go over that. We can make any changes, if need be, that you might think are necessary to maintain your level of confidentiality that you've requested, but so that both of us are happy.
0: Mm, I love that. Such a beautiful, great compromise. And I also think it's a great opportunity where we can uh, easily and simplify things but also show what we're capable of I think it's a fantastic compromise because again everybody is coming from different perspective right some smaller medium-sized businesses might not care some of them are oh my god yeah I, I hire someone for social media support it's a very different when you say I hire someone to actually help me with the risk and huge internal turnover or crisis intervention and yeah. the fact that you know acknowledging you had a crisis and how this might be perceived now by stakeholders, how this might be perceived by employees or others might completely change the flavor of everything else. And the reason I'm bringing this question, obviously, in this conversation, not only because of your expertise, and I'm sure you've been done everything you could possibly at this point, but it's also for to look at that we have still choices and opportunities, depending who we're dealing with, that we can att- address and, and, and do it from a very different perspective uh, based on different scenarios. So, thank you so much for giving us such a great insight. Any other advice?
1: Any other advice? Yes, um, on
0: on that particular topic or anything similar that you encountered that, that you wanted to audience to know.
1: One of the things that I did with when it came down to asking people for recommendations, um, when you ask people. On LinkedIn for a recommendation. LinkedIn gives you the facility from the drop down menu, from the more button. You've got request a recommendation. And they give you this very basic prompt. And it's literally request a recommendation from this person. And so I firmly or strongly recommend that you personalize that request a little bit. Talk about your experience with them, talk about your conversation with them, uh, what you've accomplished with them and then ask them very politely, would you mind providing me with a recommendation, please? And in most cases, if you ask people like that, they'll say, sure, happy to help. And then you say, great, I'll send you a link. And then the link is automatically sent to them. And the next thing you know, you're receiving a recommendation. So social proof is significant in the way that it helps people make that decision to talk to you further or to do business with you further. So it's, a, it's an essential part of the equation. Um, and so don't neglect it, whatever you do, don't neglect it. Get comfortable asking for and building up on those recommendations.
0: I love that. Even those the recommendations then can be leveraged and utilized as a social proof, and then copied and pasted and create a little of um, visuals that can say such and such recommending me based on the X, Y, and Z, and then you can tell the little story, right? Uh, things that can truly, um, again highlight expertise, highlight what they can expect from you. Because right now, so many people claim expertise. And we're being bought in those situations when somebody who maybe market extremely well, but will be so poor in delivery. Or you see someone who is not good at marketing themselves, but you know that are gold star and they're phenomenal to engage with and then actually to win your part of the business. Uh, and, and a lot of times we say marketing is not necessarily a reflection that everything is going to be okay, but we tend to trust that more, right? So for everybody on the fence, this is a great avenue for you to tap in. And as as Derek mentioned, not be shy. So Derek Uh, When we look at everything you accomplished so far and and your trajectory, obviously, you're already, as I mentioned, living your legacy, you're leading with your legacy, and you already left so much in the decade of your presence on LinkedIn and building the businesses to so many around the world. What is left in bucket list? And what would you like for your legacy to be at this chapter of your life?
1: Uh, I just like helping people. I really do. I like helping people and I like seeing them get the results that they're hoping for. Um, So my business is not, I I not only provide LinkedIn coaching, I show people how to make online work better for them. So I can look at their entire presence online and basically say, okay, this area here, that can be adjusted or improved, that can be worked on. Um, And LinkedIn is an important part of, of all of that. But I just like helping people and working with people. I enjoy seeing people get the satisfaction of achieving a better result for themselves. That's what excites me.
0: Mm. And that is something do you want to continue doing and exploring further and taking to the next level? But Absolutely. in terms of in terms of your legacy, what would you like to be remembered and known for?
1: That's a really good question. Thank you for asking me that. Um, a caring kind-hearted person who loved life and loved helping others
0: Mm. you're already doing that and it's so evident in everything you do and again just enduring this conversation it's just such a highlight of of essence who you are and uh, I just want to I just want to ask you what prompted you uh, when you were younger, I know you were mentioning, and when we had an opening conversation, um, possibly some some things that you had to build confidence or things that you have to overcome to make it much more easier for you versus for the others. What would you suggest based on what you learned uh, and how who you became today? Um, one piece of advice, if uh, people are struggling with their confidence. If they're struggling uh, with ADHD, or if they're struggling to truly own who they are and 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 just show up full fledged, regardless how society might label or perceive, uh, what that one piece of advice would be.
1: Okay, I'm going to elaborate a little bit, if I may. Please. Um- I I suspect, as I indicated earlier on in our conversation before we started this interview, I suspect or strongly suspect that I have ADHD and I've never been tested for it. I know the process or know of the process that is involved and it's it's a testing and an interview process. And I also know what happens after that process, after you get diagnosed and they put you on this medication. Now, I'm a little bit of a health nut. Um, I take vitamins every day. I try to keep medications out of my body. I'm not keen on medications. I'll, I'll take them when I absolutely have to. Um, everybody I have spoken to, including some friends who have been diagnosed with ADHD, everything they tell me about what got them to that diagnosis and what they went through is me to a T. Okay. Mm. So I am easily distracted. I'm my own harshest critic. I'm also a perfectionist. I don't do things as fast as I can, um, but I do things as best as I can. And um, I I was also involved in martial arts for many years. I've recently retired from that because I'm 59 years old and my knees were giving me warnings, but probably (laughs) one of the best decisions that I personally ever made was back in the 90s, um, and I think I back in the 90s, they had these late-night TV commercials. Okay, So if you woke up in the middle of the night and you couldn't get back to sleep and you turned your TV on, you were bombarded with these TV commercials. And one of them was for Tony Robbins. And I wound up buying his CDs, as they were back then, and I listened to those inc- incredibly intently, and I was writing notes and, and all sorts of things. And so the, the best tip that I would give anybody, um, because like most people, I've had levels or I've had situations where my confidence has been down, my self-belief has been down, um, and there's ways to build that back up again. Uh, my best tip would be explore and enjoy personal development. It's your own personal development. It does not matter who you follow or who you listen to or who you go and see or watch or anything like that just explore personal development and apply as much of it as you can that would be one tip the other tip is this learn from your mistakes and failures it's funny when we're at school we're almost conditioned that mistakes and failures are wrong yes i personally in my own opinion believe that's a critical error of our education. Education, yes. Because when we're learning to walk, we fall down and we get up again and we, we continue to try to learn to walk. We continue to fall down until eventually we stop falling down. And so what literally happens during that timeframe is, is we learn to adjust our balance to, until eventually we're walking. And that's an instinct when you consider the age that we're learning to walk. So my point is this, learn from your mistakes, learn from your failures, they are learning opportunities. And you're learning what doesn't work, so you you change your approach, you try a different approach, and then eventually you will learn what does work. And if you read up on some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs, extremely successful, extremely wealthy people, they will tell you that the, the reason that they have achieved the results that they have is because they have tried and failed more times than so many other people. And if you get Mm. to meet, if you ever get to meet some of those entrepreneurs, if you've got that opportunity, think about the questions that you could ask them. Just take a short moment out and think to yourself, okay, I'm about to go and talk to such and such. What are two or three valuable questions that I could really ask that person that are going to allow that person and I to really have a conversation that tells me about how they got to where they are today. So learn from your mistakes and your failures. Failures.
0: I love that. And you're spot on because conditioning is horrible and to detriment because we as adults are expected that we know everything, right? And and, and we d- can fail. And as a result, so many adults will never try anything new and so much is changing. So that's why so many people will not try even posting anything on LinkedIn or trying to use the the tool for networking or reaching out or building the business or trying to sell or whatever might be version of it, right? Because they feel uncomfortable because I never done this and I'm afraid to try because I'm going to fail. And the cycle keeps going. And as a result, what happens? Such an amazing life lesson. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Everybody's it, human, everybody makes mistakes.
0: Absolutely. And 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 this is the other thing too. So many people try to be portrayed and look like they're perfect, right? Or procreate persona. And that doesn't necessarily match when you have a conversation. And this is the beauty for everybody watching and listening. Derek is exactly what I expected that's already what I already felt and seen just by watching him what he does so now when you have this conversation it's not like this huge surprise I'm not getting completely different now version of person and character and personality and it feels like we know each other for a long time doesn't it Derek as a result of that yeah. which is so beautiful how his Showing authentically because that really shows also now how much more personable a relationship can be, how quickly you can accelerate if you want on potential collaboration or whatever it might be. But the beauty is like, do you have a trust now? I definitely do have a trust now if I want to say, hi, Derek, I could use this help. I can say I can feel comfortable investing in him, knowing that he's going to take care of me and do a great job. And Thank that you. is the power, what we were talking about earlier, how we sell without selling, how we build uh, based on trust and authenticity, authenticity, I'm sorry, and also based on congruency of who we are in essence.
1: Yeah. Just just have a conversation with people. Just talk to people as if as if you're having a casual conversation. There's no need to sell. Just talk to people. It's easy.
0: And before we close, I know you have a lot of stories, but I'm just curious if you can tell me something that the shocked you that was the most shocking thing you experienced on LinkedIn, and something that really was the most amazing experience that met you felt like, oh my god, I need to continue doing what I'm doing.
1: Okay. Um probably the the experience that shocked me (laughs) so to speak um i i it was probably eight years ago seven years ago and um i wound up with permanent permanent restrictions on my abilities to connect with people and so what happens is LinkedIn has a scenario which is called I don't know this person. So if somebody doesn't want to connect with you, they've got no idea who you are, they have the option to click on I don't know this person. And it's called IDK. And you're allowed five of those against your account before LinkedIn puts restrictions on you. And then after a period of time, they'll remove those restrictions. And so I went through those and then what happens is after they remove those restrictions, if you do it again, then they put the restrictions on you for longer. So, of course, I did it again and 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 because uh, I wanted to build up my following, I had maybe 5,000 followers and I could see there are people with 25,000 followers and I wanted something like that. And I thought to myself, well, how do I go about that? And it took me a while to learn that I had to change my approach and keep on changing my approach until eventually I found what worked. And so it was a valuable lesson. So the bit that shocked me was when I wound up with restrictions on my account and for every person that I wanted to connect to, it was asking for their email address to prove that I knew that particular person. And uh, so I sent off a a support request to LinkedIn and LinkedIn came back to me and said, you've got permanent restrictions on your account. I thought, oh no. Um, So that was the bit that shocked me. Um, However, After a period of time, uh, a period of time of behaving myself, um, LinkedIn removed those restrictions from my account. Okay, so I do not have those permanent restrictions anymore, which I'm quite pleased to say. So that's probably the bit that uh, shocked me. Um, The bit that, uh, and I was thinking about this just this morning, Uh, we hear of six degrees of separation. Okay. Yes. One person can lead to another, to another, to another, to another. Well, I experienced that in quite an extraordinary way, where one person introduced me to another person who then introduced me to about half a dozen influencers. And these were people who were doing amazing things on the platform. And not only did this person introduce me to them, he suggested that I connected with them to those actual people, okay um so he gave those people my name and so I connected with these people and I started to build a professional relationship with people with them. and then of course when I started publishing my list, I was building more relationships with even more people. and um so then what what really amazed me um and I almost get emotional talking about it, was I put together an ebook and I thought to myself, what if I can get this particular person to write the intro, the preface to my ebook. And this particular person that I had in mind is one of the top people on the platform. He has millions and I do mean millions of followers. Okay. Uh, and I thought to myself, how do I go about asking this person to write the intro to my ebook? And I thought, well, to hell with it. I'll just ask him. Okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was nervous about it. And then I got over my nerves about it. I, I got over my, my insecurities, I guess, about asking them. And I thought, hell with it, just ask him. So I did. And he turned around to me and he said, sure. I've never, I've never written an intro for an e-book before, but yeah, I'll give it a go. What what do you need me to do? <laughs> <laughs> and so he wrote the intro to my ebook. And um I was I was absolutely really surprised. I was so happy, really delighted that, that he actually did that for me. And to, to those of you who have my ebook, you'll know exactly who I'm referring to.
0: That is amazing. I love that story and I love that you highlight those two points because again, unless we try and just shows again, we you you were prepared. If you failed, what's the worst thing they're gonna say? No. But what if you succeed and look at this, how that's changed and everything else and how much actually your credibility, your approach and the way you interact with people influence these decisions. So that is also the beauty of that. So in closing, where the people can find you, Derek, if they wanted to connect with you and learn more from you?
1: Uh, just find me on LinkedIn. Look up Derek Mildred on LinkedIn and um, send me a personalized request to connect. Uh, because I get probably 50 requests to connect a day, okay, and most of them are just clicking that connect button, and most of those, if not all of those, get ignored, so make sure you send a message to me letting me know about the conversation we've had today, how you heard about me, why you would like to connect, and I'm sure we can connect.